Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Transformational Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Hyman, coming to you live, late night edition. It's Monday, April 24th, 10, 12 p.m. It's been a minute. All right, my wife's been busting, busting my chops a little bit. She says, you're getting slack on your uh, podcast. You get slack on your articles. Um, again, it wasn't intentional. But I'm back for a uh, for episode tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bruins, talk a little bit about playoff baseball. Um, it's that time of year, uh, and everybody's kind of preparing for the playoffs. So figure it'd be a good time to get a little uh, playoff baseball prep uh what we need to do mentally to lock in for for those 10 games in the month of may that uh really that's why we put the work in guys uh, for players listening to this coaches listening to it i mean everything we do i know just speaking from experience at south lawrence everything we do starting in august uh is for us to try to go 10 and 0 in the month of may so we're going to talk a little bit about that um got a couple shout outs first number one my oldest son, Jack, owe him a big uh, congratulations. He uh, went to the regional match um, for Trinity's golf team last week and came home with an all-region finish. So, real proud of him. It's good to see that uh, that work he's put in finally start paying off in competition. So, congratulations to him. Couldn't be more proud of you. I've said this 100,000 times on this podcast and in life. Um he represents everything good about what it means to be a competitor, what it means to be blue collar, the way he works. And I'm being, I'm, I'm being biased, but um, I'm just real proud of him. Me and his mother and everybody real proud of him just for the fact that, you know, there's been many times for him where he could have, you know, complained, made excuses, whatever but he just keeps showing up every day and digging his heels in continues to do the work and and when you do that enough times the game whether it's golf baseball basketball whatever it, it eventually it, it pays you back for everything that you put into it so just real proud of him um real proud of his teammates honestly they uh i know they're going tomorrow to compete for state uh and hopefully they they go get it done so just real proud. Uh, it's a proud parent moment. That's how we're starting off tonight. But uh, number two, let's talk about those Bruins, baby. So last week was West Week, Rivalry Week, the Nasty Nights. Um, and it was a big week for us. So the Bruins got the sweep last week. Uh, we beat the Knights 4-1 uh, to one on Tuesday behind a – Complete game effort for Maiden Palmer. Um, and then Friday, we had a big 10-0 victory over those nights over at their place. So, we'll talk about it. Um, you know, Aiden Palmer continues to do what Aiden Palmer does on the mound. I, I, I tell you, he's a, he's a senior. I remember when that kid was a seventh grader. And uh, what he's meant to our baseball program has been – you can't really put it into words. Um, and not just him, but, you know, the things that he's accomplished from a just a pitching standpoint statistically um, probably won't ever be done again. So I think he's right at 20 strikeout. No, 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 it's not even 20. I think it's 18 strikeout shot beating Chad Morris's record um, of 344 for a career. Chad did that in four years. Aiden's going to do it in three. So just really incredible. We had a big, uh, big performance against West last last week. Um, threw a complete another complete game. Six hits, eleven strikeouts, one walk. Not gonna lie, they barreled him up pretty good. Um, better than you know, really anybody's done all year. And I think a lot of that's attributed to those guys of, you know, they've grown up facing him. They faced him all four years. You know, it happens. But I, I personally was impressed with the way they competed against him. I was more impressed with the way our guys responded to it because, you know, when Palmer's on the mound, he's normally not getting hit very hard. Um, and there were a few times the other night where I think it would have been easy for our guys to get shell-shocked a little bit and be like, whoa, that's a, that's that doesn't happen ever. But, you know, they stayed the course. Um, the bats came alive and – they just, we're playing good baseball right now. I mean, I, I could 
sit here and give you the breakdown, but I just couldn't be more proud of where we're at and the focus and the way we're competing and everything else. And we're doing it at the right time. So um, that was big for us that first night. Again, um, looking at, you know, what Palmer brought to the table that first night, the way he competed. He's never, I think he's never lost to West in a uh, region game. And with that victory and the victory on Friday, that actually pushed us to, we've swept the region series with them every year since 2000 and I think it was 10 and 0. So that would have been five years ago. So since 2017, maybe, um, and that's a big deal in a rivalry. So in the way we kind of set it off with an exclamation point on Friday night against a kid who had a sub one ERA, just tattooed him all over the park. I mean, you know, 11 hits. And, and I don't see that as a negative to the guy on the mound. I mean, it just, he's a good pitcher. He's going to be really good down the line. They got a lot of good talent in that dugout over there. But, um, you know, our dudes just answered the bell, man. They showed up, and, I mean, they put on an absolute clinic with the bat. Um, I believe everybody in the lineup that night got a hit. Uh, Noah Moore went three for three. Braden Robinson, two for three. And that's a kid, you know, I, I'm going to give Braden Robinson a shout-out really quick. Braden Robinson's a kid, if you're a college coach, he needs to be on your radar. Um, he's a sophomore. You know, we always said to him, like, his big thing was the day that his mind catches up to his abilities and he can play, like, a junior instead of playing like a sophomore, play like a sophomore instead of playing like a freshman mentally, he's going to be really good. And that really good version of him finally showed up the last two weeks of the season. And um, he's a sophomore hitting leadoff for one of the top 4A programs in, in the state. And... um it's been really, really cool to watch that development. And I've coached that kid since he was 12. So I remember when, you know, this kid would cry and carry on and do dumb stuff when he would make mistakes. And, you know, that was a big focal point for him and his development this year was like, hey, man, for us to take the next step, we've got to quit with the, I would call them brain shits, uh, pardon my French, but, you know, that's what they were. Um, we had to, we had to quit with that. And we like, literally it required like daily focus on him. And there were some days he was better than the others. I'm, I'm thankful that he's been surrounded by great teammates and great leaders this year that, you know, understood the value he brought to our team and were able to pull him out of some spots mentally that maybe he wouldn't have gotten out of in the past. But I think he understands the relevance to our team and, and all that and and just the tremendous amount of growth that he's he's done this year's been been more than I could ask for. So my point is, you know, it's a kid batting over 300 for top 4A program as a sophomore. Watch out. Dude's going to be good. And that, and you know, there's I, I gave him a shout out cuz I I don't think I've given him a shout out on the show before. Um but he's a dude that colleges are definitely going to be interested in and he's got a chance to be really good and um so yeah, I you know a lot of a lot of positive happened that night. Wyatt Williams two for three, Hunter Matthews one for three with a couple of ribbies. Aiden Palmer went one for two. Noah Moore three for three. Luke Miller continued his hot hitting streak. Chandler Thompson had a big night. Nathan Galls did some positive things. Um, Hunter McClary, I changed Hunter McClary's name to Mac, and ever since we changed his name to Mac, he's like five for five. So we're going to continue along that, but. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say this. I, I've got a lot of respect for for Josh Brown. And um, we – this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it anyways. One thing that we've always done really well at South um, is we have – Played really, our kids play really good together. They play for each other. There's not a lot of individuals in that dugout. It's next guy up. Like this guy doesn't get the job. You've got the guy behind him's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta step up and do my job. But you know, blah blah blah. And I mean, you got like, I really compare it almost to like a brotherhood. Um, and I've said this a hundred times on this podcast. Those dudes represent everything great about South Florence baseball, and they also 
are the best team I've ever coached. And when I say team, I'm talking about like unit. Okay. And this is just a casual observation, a casual observation. I may not, this might get me in hot water for saying this. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyways. There's a lot of talent over there on the West Florida side of town. A tremendous amount of talent. They're lucky to be coached by the guy they're coached by because he's a good coach. I've known Josh Brown since I played for Coach Gray in you know, the early 2000s. And the disappointing thing for me as I was coaching first base, as I was just kind of watching and listening to what was going on over there, um, Stelato's guys gave up on him a little bit. And maybe that's a fair set. Maybe that's an unfair assessment. I'm just a coach who made an observation. It, you know, wouldn't matter if it was West Forest we were playing or Carolina Forest or whoever. I mean, it's just a legit observation. And, you know, I, I don't think it's fair, right? Um, I think I, I can't walk this back now because I've already started this. Um, I think the minute that those guys over there start playing for something bigger than themselves, they're going to be really good. Really good. I mean, because there's just a tremendous amount of talent talent in that dugout. Um, and that and that's real. Um, top to bottom, they're really good. Every pitcher they threw against us on Friday is really good. Peyton Rogers went out on Tuesday and he shoved. He was really good. Uh Avery Weaver, he's an eighth grader. He came in in I think the fourth inning against us. In fact, I got his stat line here. He threw two innings of one-hit ball as an eighth grader, four strikeouts, no walks, no runs. He shoved. But I'll tell you why he shoved. He competed his ass off. He went out there and was like, well, this, like, you know, I'm going to compete. And he did. He bedazzled us for uh, for two innings. And um, that dude's going to be a problem for, you know, whoever has to face him in years to come because, like, like, that it factor that the way you compete, the way you just get up there and you take care of business and you put your team on your back, like that dude's got it. Um, so I, I mean, it's more of a tip my hat to him over than it is a knock on West Florence. But my point is like, and again, this is not going to be well received because I'm the one saying it and I wear Columbia blue and gold and I'm from South Florence, but it needs to be said. Um, I, those dudes can make a good run in the playoffs because they got the pitching and they have moments where they hit really, really well. The thing I would challenge them on is like, if y'all can play for each other, play for a cause bigger than, you know, each individual's accolades and stats. Um, you could do something special, not just this year, but for years to come. I mean, cause there's Cassetti, Coleman, Weaver, um, Peyton Rogers from a, from a pitching standpoint, they're set for many years. Uh, and I know they got other guys like Matthew Brown. Yeah, dude's good. Okay. There's a little different from a little like three-quarter arm side, but there's multiple pitches for a strike. He's good. Um, so just as an, a casual observer of the game, uh, a guy who loves it when Florence baseball is doing really well, um, they got it over there. But – they got to figure out how to play for that name on the front and not the number on the back. So that's uh, just my two cents. I'm sure I'll get some slack for it, but I had to say it because, you know, it's like there's as good as we are, there's no reason why they should have, we should have beat them 10 nothing. Um, other than, you know, when you look at what our guys do really well versus what other teams do, I mean, there's a clear difference between the way our dudes compete for each other um, versus the way some other teams just kind of seem like it's nine dudes out there playing a game instead of one team playing a game. So you're not going to be popular. If you got a problem with it, it's not personal. It's just, you know, maybe something to consider. So uh, anyway, so that's that. And again, I don't want to take away anything, any, anything from our guys because, I mean, what we did Tuesday and Friday was impressive. Because, uh, again, that's 
people look at the box score and say, oh, man, y'all should have beat them like that. No, that, that was a good team we beat. That, that was a team full of good individuals that the minute they start playing like a team, they're going to be really good. Uh, the minute those dudes get behind their head coach and, and the rest of the coaches on that staff, they're going to be really good. Um, so that that's all I'm saying. Florence baseball is better when all of our schools are competing well and, and playing up their they're playing up to their potential. Um, and those dudes got an opportunity to be really good. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, but again, I just, you know, our guys extremely proud of them. Uh, they just continue to play for each other, play for the goal, you know, play. They've locked, they're drinking from the same water. I talk about this all the time, drinking from the same water hose, how vital that is, how important that is. Um, you know, and that process for us starts in August every year. The guys who don't play football, they show up in August to lift and they don't miss open, you know, the open seasons. Uh, they don't miss strength and conditioning opportunities. They don't miss opportunities to practice. Um, they push each other to be better. And like, it's kind of that blueprint that we've been running with, you know, we've, I've been here six years as a coach and that's kind of the blueprint we came up with. And it helps when you got really good coaches who are there in the off season and, and help make sure that we stay on task and, and are working out of season to, to be all we can be. Um, but it's really a testament to those guys that, you know, the way they've weathered the storm this year when things weren't good, the way they worked to get it back right uh, as a coaching staff, the way we've kind of identified some areas that maybe we were weak at that we need to get better at so we can make a run. Um, it's a total team effort. And I tip my hat to our dudes because, you know, yeah, it sucks sometimes getting up and going to lift early in the morning. And it sucks when you had a baseball game that didn't go over till 1130 the night before. And, um, and you showed up to lift the next morning anyways, because that's the cost of admission. Like they bought into that. They pay rent every day, every day that it's due. And, uh, as a result, this is what you get. City championships, uh, number four seed in the playoffs, uh, and a really legit shot to do some really big things. So um, it's been one of my greatest things to watch this. In all my years of coaching, this has been one of my greatest, I guess, victories, triumphs is watching, you know, these dudes. I, I remember, still remember most of them when we started with them as seventh graders and just kind of, I'm going down this this roster, Braden Robinson, Chandler Thompson, Evan Coleman, Luke Miller, Noah Moore, Aiden Palmer, Hunter Matthews, Wyatt Williams, Hunter McClary, Nathan Galls. Those are all guys that my first year as a head coach, like we were in Kellytown playing for a middle school state – or not state championship, a middle school championship. And I remember like, you know, Evan Coleman threw a six-inning one-hitter that day to get us to the championship game. You know, Aiden Palmer went up there and gave us a good gave us a shot on the mound. Nathan Gall started that game off with a trip that championship game off with a triple. Um, Hunter McClary had a couple hits. Noah Moore had a couple hits. Like I remember those dudes as seventh graders and the way they competed then, but the path that they've taken to get to where they're at right now, it's just a testament. It's it's if more programs would buy into that process of it's not about me, it's not about uh, I'm going off on a tangent. I apologize. It's not about me. It's not about, you know, yeah, I could play showcase baseball this summer with a bunch of dudes from all over the state, or I could play with my guys this summer and we could get better together for the month of June and we could live together and we could do all those things that great programs do. Um, that's what it's all about. These dudes have bought into that and, you know, you look at what Aiden Palmer's doing from a you know college standpoint, like he's going to one of the top JUCOs in the country next year, not because it was his only option, because that's where he wanted to go, because that's going to get, in his mind, going to, Ju going to JUCO route gives him the best opportunity to accomplish what he wants to accomplish as a professional baseball player one day. Um, you know, you got Luke Miller, who right in the mix to, to end up at a Division One program right now. You've got um, Hunter Matthews and Dylan Weagle and, and people like that who got an opportunity to go play college baseball next year. You know, those dudes went through this process together, and uh, not every program buys into that. And 
I just keep saying, like, if you want to be successful, South Florence has has drawn out a blueprint over the course of the last eight years, really since Coach Gray started Junior Legion, like, all these years ago, but really over the last eight eight years, right? The, the blueprint's there. Just follow it. You know, if you're a good coach and you got great kids who are bought into the process, everybody's drinking from the same water hose, this is the type of stuff that programs are capable of. Um, we're living it right now. And, if, you know, it's one of those things like I look around, and I'm not saying our way is the, right, is the only way, but I'm saying the proof's in the pudding for us. Like the way we do it, it works. So it's funny because like you sometimes hear people say things like, oh, well, you know, we'll just do this or we'll go do this individual stuff then. Or, you know, what? it's like, what are we doing? Like if you're part of a high school program, your summer should look like this. Okay. And I'm going to use our dates. Your years really and truly should look like this. When you get done in May, you should be starting summer baseball with your high school program in June. And you should play the whole month of June. And if you make it deep in the playoffs in whatever league you're playing, you should play the halfway part of July. And when that's done, you can go do whatever you want to do. All right. But when school starts in August, you need to be in the weight room with your team, your dudes, at least two times a week, preferably three. Okay. And when open season gets here, you need to be there. Not just once a week, every day. If you practice four times a week, you need to be there. Uh, you need to be lifting during that time too, okay? And then once you get done with open season, um, or if you're lucky enough to go to a school where you can do individual or four-man workouts starting in August, you got to be there. Um, unless you're playing football or another sport. Like, I, I don't love it, but, you know, the truth is if you're not maximizing the whole year, to get better as a program that's the reason why you're not standing in the end it's hard enough to get there for teams that do it right uh you're not going to find a team still standing in the end if they didn't if they weren't invested eight to ten sorry if they weren't invested in their program 10 months out of the year so and i don't even know how i got on this i'm just saying it just frustrates me sometimes when i like look around at the different programs out there and like the potential for some of these programs to be so good and you like hey well what y'all's playing over the summer and like you get these things like oh well these three kids are going to go play on this team that one kid's going to play on that team um these other five kids they're 100 percent invested in this team and it's like okay well like, what about your high school program that you're going to compete for a state championship for? Like, y'all do anything? Nah, nah, we don't. Uh, we don't do high school baseball every summer. We do. Uh, we do showcase or travel. And I'm not crapping on that because showcase and travel ball is a good thing. But my point is, like, if you can't give up the month of June and the first two weeks of July to get better with your high school teammates, who so you're actually playing for like something that's actually you can't replace. You know, it's not like another winter world series right or another you know super nit or whatever like you're playing for a state championship you're playing for an opportunity to go play baseball in college you get to do it with your high school teammates the dudes that represent represent your school right um like that means something that's extremely vital uh, that's something that you'll remember for the rest of your life like people don't remember who won you know perfect game's highest grade at the, you know, June 27th, WWBA, Southeastern, whatever. Like, they don't remember that, but they remember the team that won a state championship. And I can tell you right now, in Florence, there's multiple teams that could win state championships. The reason they don't, though, is because they're not committed to each other in the offseason. So when it comes time to be committed to each other during the season, they haven't put the work in together. So they can't finish the job together because not everybody, nobody, not everybody hasn't paid paid rent. Everybody hasn't gone through the struggles. Everybody hadn't gone through hit the speed bumps together. They all did it individually, you know, and they've been playing some brand of baseball. In a lot of cases, that's very me centric and not we centric, right? And that's not again. It's not a knock. I'm not saying that I'm right 100 percent on this. I'm just saying there's a reason why. You can look at state championship programs and their process and the process of state championship programs are very similar. It is what it is. So um, that's all I got there. But 
and I got off on a tangent. So my whole, I guess my whole point there was like, our dudes, they're committed to doing it the right way. And they've been committed to doing it the right way for a long time. And have we won a state championship yet? No, we haven't. Um, but I think we're close. So it all comes down to 10 games in the month of May. That's what we spend all year working towards. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. So um, kind of my point about it. And this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about, about West Lawrence. Um, you know, here on May 3rd in the state of South Carolina, everybody for the uh, South Carolina high school, so your public schools, uh, and I think your private schools start. So our skis of schools, so Trinity, Florence Christian, P- PD Academy, Kings Academy, those schools, I think they start May 3rd as well. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's May 3rd. But, you know, May 3rd gets here. Guess what? It's a new season. Everybody's 0-0. State rankings, throw them out the window. Your stats, throw them out the window. Right, your record, throw them out the window. It doesn't matter. Okay, if you're going to win a 4A state championship in the state of South Carolina, eight wins is going to get you to get get you a lower state title, and ten wins gets you the whole thing. And uh, that's what everybody needs to be focused on. One game at a time. You don't have to be perfect. Um, you got to catch the right breaks. You got to bring the right attitude to the baseball, the baseball field, the park every single day, uh, and everybody from the everyday starter to the dude who's played three innings all year, you got to be locked in on the goal. Uh, And the goal is to be one of the last two teams standing, right? I mean, obviously the goal is to win it all, but getting there is hard enough. Uh, Getting there is a great thing. Winning it, that's the bonus, right? But you want to be one of the last two teams standing. You want to have an opportunity to swing the bat in a best two out of three series. So my point is, in a perfect world, you're playing your best baseball going into this last this last stretch, right? I feel like right now for South Lawrence High School, we're playing our best baseball right now, 100%, without a doubt. Um, in years past, we've been playing our best baseball up, and, you know, I think we played our best baseball too early the last couple of years. Um, last year, we then started to get hot right there going into the district championship, fell a little short, but, um, you know, if you haven't been playing your best baseball, that's okay, right? The point is when the first pitch is thrown next week, so for us next Monday, and it looks like we're playing Irmo at the Bruins Den, if you're available, come see us. Um, if you're Trinity, if you're Florence Christian, if you're Kings Academy, I think they're making the playoffs. Williamsburg Academy, West Florence, Wilson. I know West Florence, Wilson, and South are all going to be in the playoffs. Uh, in fact, uh, Hartsville as well. Um when that first pitch is thrown, you got to be committed to committed to the end, right? Committed to getting there. Anything can happen in the postseason. In 2007, we went 15 and 15 in the regular season. We beat two nationally ranked Wando teams that we had no business being on the field with. Um, we played for a lower state championship that year, and we fell a little short with a team that, you know, our team this year would beat them by 20 runs. But that team got hot at the right time. Caught all the breaks. So in that that year in the playoffs, we won uh, four one-run games. We lost two one-run games. Um, that's that's what it looked like. And we were never the best team on the field. We were always overmatched, but our dudes believed. And that's what I try to tell our guys every year. Is like, dude, we put ourselves in a position where, like, we at least get an opportunity to swing the bat. We get to get on the field for 10 wins in the month of May. If you can do that, you got a chance. Now it's, now it's up to you. It's up to your teammates, up to your coaches. It's up to everybody to be locked in on the goal, treating every day like it's opening day in the playoffs, right? There's no, you know, the past 28 games hold me back. Hey, man, I only hit 227 in the rate. Who gives a crap, man? You're 0 for 0 right this moment. What can I do on this pitch to help my team make it to the next round? That's got to be your mindset. Okay, when you get an opportunity to hop in there and lay a sack bunt down in the seventh inning of a tie game, you got to execute the bunt, man. The bunt's not sexy. I get it. Okay, but what can I do on this pitch to help my team win the game? And that's what it's all about, you know. Hey, man, got on the mound. I normally throw 90. I ain't got 90 in the tank today. Okay, well, let's make 86 work. 
okay? Let's get that breaker over for a strike. When playoffs come, guys, this is for coaches, parents, players, like whatever it takes, right? Your mindset has got to be, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it to make it to tomorrow. Whatever the cost is, I got it. If I got to wear spikes to the ankle, staying in there to throw a daggum, you know, turn it old play, I'm going to, I'm going to wear those spikes to the ankle, right? I got to wear a, wear a 92 mile per hour fastball off the elbow. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. It's all about like at this time of the year, it's so crucial to be the best competitor on the field because we get on our guys sometimes because we, they make some mistakes sometimes. A lot of times they're mental mistakes that led to a physical mistake. So it's never the physical mistake you're upset about. It's like the mental state that they were in that led to the, the physical mistake. Right. And you get on them sometimes because you're like, at some point this year, my bad's going to be null and void, right? Because that my bad is going to be in a, you know, we just lost this game and it's an elimination game. And, you know, that brain fart you had there, it cost your team an opportunity to advance to tomorrow. So the playoffs is like this culmination of like the teams, like the guys in the end, or it's always the guys that like, as these moments were happening throughout the year, they were understanding like, Hey, at some point there's going to be, there's not going to be a tomorrow as far as our playoff life goes. So, you know, yeah, this is just a Thursday non-region game in the middle of March. Okay, but if this was a Thursday playoff game in the middle of May, that that error, that mistake, that mental, you know, that mental lapse that I had, you know, it's got repercussions that don't just impact me. It impacts the others. Like in our case, we got 20 dudes on our roster. It impacts the other 19 guys plus seven coaches. Um, so my point with that is like, as we're talking about the playoff mindset, the things that we have to be locked in on, the things that we have to do differently. That's something like this week when you're playing these final, you know, for us, we play Marion on Tuesday. We play Lake City on senior night Thursday. I'm glad we're playing Lake City on Thursday because they just won their region. They're nine and one. It's senior night, so we're going to have some distractions. What version of us is going to show up going into that Monday night playoff game, right? You know, are we going to have a distracted version or we're going to have that version of us who's like game ready, battle tested? Hey, we got some distractions with senior night festivities early on, but, you know, we understand we got a job to do and we got to lock in and and all that other stuff. Like that's going to be a big thing for me, but um, is kind of seeing where our head's at on that because that's vital going into next week that we're locked in on that. We're locked in mentally on you know, that my bad moment I've been having this year, it could send us home now. Um, And it's going to send a lot of teams home. It's going to send every team home except for the last two, right? The last two are going to be the only ones that, you know, left in the state who can say, hey, you know, we dodged these bullets and and still found a way. Um, But anyways, that's kind of got a little long-winded on that, kind of all over the place. So I apologize if you're following at home, but it's a uh, the whole main premise behind that is the season starts over starting Monday, and you know people get all locked in on oh this team you know they've got seventy one arms and they've got you know two JUCO short uh, middle infielders and a D one catcher and they got all these things and man they're going to be really hard to beat blah 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 hey doesn't matter who you're playing man they still got to throw it across the plate right? They still got to hit and swing at good pitches and they got to play defense, right? Same way we do. Doesn't matter if you're playing the New York Yankees, right? They got to do the same things. Uh, I'll never forget South Carolina came, South Carolina Gamecocks came down to Francis Marion about 10 years ago when they opened that Francis Marion stadium up. Uh, Cormel Field or Sparrow Stadium, I think is what it's called. And, um, yeah, coming off a national championship, First game of the year, Francis Marion goes down and beats them, right? And that's not un- that's not uncommon, but um, 
you know, it's like nobody. If you were a betting guy, you would have bet everything that South Carolina was going to win that game, probably by a large margin. But like the point is, like, and you know, Christian Walker and those guys are on that team. Um, the point is, like, on any given day in baseball, somebody can win. The most talented team on the field does not always win. The team with the most college signees doesn't always win. You know, our playoff bracket is going to look a lot like this. We're going to play Irmo in the first round. If we win that. We're going to get the winner of Hilton Head and somebody else second round, okay? You know, and if we win that, we're going to probably get, you know, somebody like Lou Goff in the third round, right? And every team, you know, early on, Irmo's not going to be looking at us saying, oh, well, they got Aiden Palmer, so we're, you know, we're, we might as well cash it in. No, they're going to be coming for that ass. And we play, if we win that game and we play Hilton Head in the second round, yeah, we're coming for them too. And they're going to be coming for us. And, if we're lucky enough to make it to Friday undefeated and Lugolf Elgin's on the other end, or AC5, it's probably going to be Lugolf Elgin would be, um, assuming they won. Yeah, we're going to be going after that too, just like they're going to be going after that. Nobody's going to fold. Nobody's going to be worried about what somebody's record is or what their state ranking is or how many stars their starting pitcher has or how many. Nobody cares about that because at this point, when there's when you're in the playoffs, you made it there for a reason, and most of those teams are pretty good. So on any given night, anybody can win. Uh, very rarely is it the most talented team with all the accolades and everything else that's still standing at the end of May. Uh, it's normally the best teams, the guys who one through nine, one through seventeen, one through twenty, whatever it is. They all bought into the same the same idea that hey, we're good enough to we're good enough to win it all. So let's go win the damn thing. Those teams are normally the ones that are left. Uh, and I hope we're going to be that team. I, I really do. Uh, I hope West Florence, I hope they're going to be that team. I hope Wilson, I hope they shock some people in the playoffs. I hope Trinity, I hope they go far. I hope Florence Christian, they shock some people. I hope my man Tyler Boyd down at WA, I hope he, sh- he you know, he goes hard. Um, I want all those guys to compete because when those dudes are doing good in the playoffs, it just puts Florence baseball on the map. And my point to anybody listening to this is like, dude, it can be you, but do you believe it can be you, right? If you believe it, not just believe, but I mean, like, actually believe it. If you're crazy enough to think we can be the last team standing and you can get 20 other dudes to believe in that too, and five coaches or four coaches or whatever, it can happen. But so many times these teams roll into the playoffs. Man, we went 28 and 2 this year. We going to steamroll everybody. And then guess what? Bam. They meet a team in the first round who's way hungrier than they were and didn't give a crap about their rank and didn't give a crap about their record, didn't give a crap about their South Carolina commit on the mound. And they find a way. And then. That team's got to come back through the elimination bracket. Then they're like, okay, we can beat that team two times on Friday. Yeah, look up, seventh inning, they're down by two, running out of outs. Then they go home. Um, Seen it happen too many times, been on the receiving end of it too many times, right? So, yeah, it can be you. There ain't a dude in our dugout who doesn't think it can be us. I can promise you that. I can tell by the way we've practiced the last two weeks. I can tell by the things that we've done all year, our commitment to the process, our commitment to each other. There's nobody in that dugout um, that doesn't think it can be us. And as a coach, this is the first – and this is no knock to the guys I've coached in the past. But this is the first time in my coaching career that I can say we we got a legit shot. Were we talented enough in years past? Absolutely. But we're finally talented enough and we believe. And that ain't, I mean, that's not, I mean, you know, look, it's, yeah, that's a good portion of the battle, but you still got to get the right breaks. You still got to be on the right side of some calls. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, there's a little luck that factors in there. So, but, we talk about controlling the controllables. Can you control the controllables? Can you put, you know, can you put, uh, can you take care of the things that you need to take care of as a team? Like as a coaching staff, are you going to put your dudes in the best position to be able to 
go accomplish their goals and and control the controllables. That's step one. Players, you've been put in that situation. Are you now going to go control what you can control to put your team in the best position? Okay. Now do we believe? Yeah, we believe. Okay, now something special can happen. So, um, that's all I really got on that. I just, it's... It, it's a big time of year. It's my favorite time of year because it's the pressure gets cooked up. Um, you know, there's nothing. I, I was telling Coach Gray this about it about six months ago. You know, at the end of the day, like, it really comes down to 10 games in the month of May. Like, everything we do all year long from August, from August to freaking the end of July, man. It all comes down to 10 games in the month in the month of May. Can you get the job done? Can you not? I mean, I can't tell you how many teams that I've seen and even been a part of, you know, do everything right. And then May gets here and May 3rd you lose and May 5th you lose and that's it, right? Um, sometimes you don't catch all the breaks. Sometimes you get bad bracket, a bad bracket, bad draw. I mean, it happens. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's ramped up. I think the one thing that's, that's a positive, and I think a lot of championship coaches, they, they do this throughout the year. They're emphasizing the importance and how, like, things that happen in, you know, April and things that happen in March, you know, and things that happen the first week of the season and stuff like that, they're, they do a really good job of, like, relaying that and talking about the impact of that same thing at the if it happens in the playoffs you know when we you know do this or we screw this up we're so okay yeah this is you know preseason tournament game number four okay but i'm not i mean i i'll never forget the speech that luke miller gave our guys this year this is like i've been i've been proud of luke miller for a lot of things in his life but this is the most proud i've ever been of him and um He's never really been a really vocal kid. He became a team captain this year, and, like, Luke found this, like, sudden burst of energy, like, having these conversations and stuff, like, on the reg. And one of the first – we were at Hannah Pamplico, and uh, it was during our preseason tournament. He just, like, coaches, I got something I need to say, and I won't repeat everything he said, but – you know, it essentially was like the gist of it was kind of like like not every game's going to be like that game or this game. Like at some point, like we're going to have to we're going to have to bring it to be. We're going to look up on the scoreboard. And it's going to be the ninth inning and we've been in a dogfight and somebody's going to have to lay a bunt down and somebody's going to have to steal a base or somebody's going to have to get a big two out RBI. And like if we can't do that in March when there's no pressure, how are we going to do that at the end of May when there's a ton of pressure and there's hundreds of people watching and the stakes are high and the cost of not doing it means we go home? You know, and he gave that speech and I thought that was really impactful. Um, and really kind of pushed us down a new path. I remember my kind of talk to our guys before that game was about, you know, we had gone, I, I feel like good things come in threes as far as like as a team, when you go to take that next step, um, you know, it normally is a culmination of three really good games for you to hit that next, to bust through that ceiling and hit the next level. And that was like game two out of three. And, uh, I remember having that conversation about, you know, okay, you know, we're right there. Now let's bust through the ceiling. And he kind of followed it up with something similar to that, you know, saying what he said. But uh, I lost my train of thought there, too. My bad. My kid was walking. Jack decided to walk through the uh, the podcasting room here. He didn't know I was recording. But, uh, excuse me. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, those moments of growth kind of, you add them up over the course of a season and it prepares you for this moment right here. So anyways, I got totally sidetracked right there. I don't even remember what my point was. I wish I could pause and go back and listen and remember what I was saying. But anyways, kind of scattered brain. But so that's where we're at. Um, so key takeaway there. Okay. Everybody's 0-0. State rankings don't matter. Your stats don't matter. Nothing matters next Monday 
when the first pitch is thrown. The only thing that matters is, A, do you believe? B, do your teammates believe? C, do your coaches believe? If everybody believes everybody's drinking from the same water hose, you took care of 50% of the battle. Now, you got to get a little lucky. Yeah, you got to be on the right side of some calls. Yeah, and you got to weather the storm together. Um, There's going to be some moment in the playoffs where some dude who threw three innings all year is asked to come and throw six innings. The teams that normally are left and then whoever that guy who threw three innings all year and comes in and throws six innings, a three-hit ball, gives up, you know, one earned run and you win two to one, those are the teams that are left. But, like, the teams that have those guys, that guy has the courage to go out there and throw six innings, a three-hit ball because of those dudes around him, because the confidence that – his, his teammates having him because he understands how vital he is to the team's success in that moment. It's going to happen, especially if you're coming back through the loser's bracket, right? And teams that come back through the loser's bracket win all the time. Um, but when you're all drinking from the same water hose, when it just means a little bit more for you to get up and execute for your brothers, it makes it a little bit easier to do it. So that's going to happen. Are you going to be the dude who's throwing three innings who uh, you're out of pitching and you got to go give them six innings? What version are you going to give them? Are you going to give them your best self? Are you going to give them the dude that's standing on the mound like, hey, man, you give me your three best swings, I'm going to give you my three three best pitches and let's see what's up. Are you going to be the dude that cowers in that moment, right? Are you going to be the dude who, you know, you hit 150 all some, all all spring and now you're facing the College of Charleston commit who's, you know, 89 from the left side with a nasty hook. But there's one out and a runner on third, right? You going to cower there? Are you going to dig your heels in and be the best competitor on the field? It's a choice, man. It's a choice that high school athletes screw up all the time because they don't have the courage to say, you know what, I don't give a damn. I'm coming. I'm going to bust your tail, right? You throw this thing across the plate, and I'm going to show you who, who's who's the man. It's a mindset. Like, you've got to have it. you got to be the best competitor for the next 10, 10 games if you want to be left. And um, it's a choice. It's a decision. Like, are you willing to be that dude even when the dude across from you is better than you? Are you still willing to believe that I'm better than that dude 60 feet, 6 inches away from me? Can you be the best competitor on the field? Um, as a team, can you be the best team on the field? Can you compete better than the other nine guys? As a coaching staff, you know, are you going into every game believing that you got a freaking puncher's chance? Are you thinking, yeah, they scored two runs in the first, it's over? Like, if you're that dude, go ahead and, hey, don't even mail in your at-large bid, right? Don't waste the don't waste the time, don't waste your money. Just stay home. Um, so that's that. Anybody's got a chance, man. Baseball is one of those sports. Like again, they got everybody's got to throw it across the plate. Everybody's got to play defense. Everybody's got to swing and hit good pitches. Uh, anybody can do that on any given night. Doesn't matter who's on who's who's on the mound, who's in the field. Doesn't matter how many stars are out there, how many college scholarships are out there. Um, it can be done. It happens every single year, man. Every single year. Hartsville, you know, came really close to winning it all last year. I think they would agree that that team in comparison to the year before, that team last year shouldn't have been on the same wouldn't shouldn't have been on the same field uh, as those dudes they played. And that's not a knock them, but the team the year before with OT, Canarella, uh, Shiny, all those dudes, um, that was that team should have been playing for a state championship last year, right? But instead, the better team, better unit, team that put it together right time of year, uh, they made it, right? And for me, I remember watching them go through the playoffs, and I was like, dude, I'm not shocked that they're there uh, because I know what they're all about over there. I know the way that, you know, I know who their coaches are. I know how the way the way those dudes compete. Um, but I would have expected that out of the group from 2021 because, honestly, from a 
talent standpoint, they were way more talented than last year's group, in my opinion. But, dude, those dudes just competed and they believed. And, I, honestly, even when they lost that first game to Eastside, they still believed. They still believed. Uh, and they were a couple bad, you know, they were a couple breaks away from forcing the game three. So, it can be done, guys. I, you know, somebody's probably listening to this saying, man, listen to this dude just blowing this hot air, man. And, like, you can. You can think that, and that's fine. Um, or you can say, hell, man, we're here, so let's why not just try to win the whole daggum thing? Because that's what we're thinking. We're going to try to win the whole daggum thing. And, uh, you know, as coaches, we're going to put them in the best position to be successful. As players, they're going to show up every day with the right attitude, and they're going to be the best competitors on the field. And we'll, you know, we can live with the outcome as long as we do those things. So that's all I got. Good luck to all my teams, all our uh, PD teams. I know uh, South's in the playoffs, West's in the playoffs, Wilson's in, Trinity's in, uh, Florence Christian's in, WA's in. I, I think Kings are in. I'm assuming Kings is in. They might not be, though. Um, Good luck to all our local teams, Hartsville. Um, I think Hartsville's actually going to be on our bracket, so might get one more shot at playing those guys. But, you know, good luck to everybody except for the teams that end up playing us. Good luck to you. Represent your uh, school and your community well. Um, you're there. Might as well go try to win the thing, except for if you're in our bracket. Then, you know, obviously you can't win the whole thing because we're trying to win the whole thing. But um, Bruins are back in action tomorrow night, Tuesday. Uh, at Marion, we're going to be uh, away, so uh, probably won't see many people there. Um, Coach Hal Lambert's group, this is his first year ever at Marion. They finished second in their region, so got a really good squad. Got some kids that I'm actually interested in checking out tomorrow. Um, I think they got a Hughes kid who, who's pretty good. I want to see what he's all about. And then uh, Thursday, of course, we get Coach App and the Lake City Panthers coming off their uh, region championship. And congratulations to those guys because – sorry, side note, just for a second. Um, we lost to them a few weeks ago, and I remember some people – somebody said, how the hell did y'all lose to Lake City? And, like, y'all, you can tell when somebody's an idiot and doesn't know high school baseball when they make comments like that. Uh, so to the guy that told me that, sorry, man. Well, actually, I'm not sorry because, you know, educate yourself a little bit better but um i think at that podcast that dude i won't be shot it off they're one of the last teams standing and sure enough they went and beat a really good camden team they were down their last at bat in extra innings uh and they got it done or i think it was an extra anyways whatever it was they got it done they won the region championship this week not shocking nine and one in region play some good teams in that region too so Congrats to them. We're looking forward to playing them uh, on senior night. It would be a good test for for our guys again. Um, so we're going to actually feed those guys too. So we're going to have a little, little senior night uh, brunch after – or not brunch, dinner afterwards, a little Holt Brothers barbecue catering. So Coach Amp, Coach Estep, Coach Bill Hanna, we'll see you on Thursday. Um but good luck to our guys tomorrow night. I know they're going to be ready. And, uh, again, Thursday night, come out and support our seniors, man. Uh, it's a great group, one of the best groups I've had. Uh, they're a special group to me because of those kids. Honestly, I've had them since they were in seventh grade. So uh, come out and check us out. Uh, and if I don't uh, try to get another podcast out maybe Friday. Oh, almost forgot. South Florence second annual golf ball drop is Saturday. Okay, so if you uh, have not purchased a golf ball yet for the golf ball drop, it's $10 per ball. Uh, I'll take Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Cash Check, whatever you got. Um, last year's winner walked away with over, I thought it was, let's see, it was 20% of the grand prize, and we raised 24000 so it was like 4000 and something dollars they walked away with. We literally get a guy named Ian, uh, can't remember Ian's last name. He's from Lake City, but he flies a helicopter over center field. We put a player up there. They drop golf balls into a hole in center field. Um, if you don't live here, but you want to get your name in, shoot me a message on Twitter. Um, like I said, I got Venmo, PayPal, whatever. It's ten dollars a ball. I'll put your name on the list. Put a put a golf ball with your number on it in the bag, and we'll 
we'll drop it from a helicopter. And if you land in the hole first, if you're the one, the golf ball at the bottom of the hole, uh, you win the grand prize, which is 20% of the money we raise. So uh, our goal was 3,000 golf balls. So 3,000 times 10, that's 30,000. So if we were able to raise that, that'd be 20% of that would be like $6,000 that you'd win. So yeah, if you're interested, let me know. Um, appreciate anybody who supports our kids. But other than that, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Again, I know this kind of was a scatterbrained episode. Um, I hadn't done one in a while. And it's just, well, I was like, man, you know, I need to hop back on here and freaking do an episode. So, um, yeah, I forgot this too. All right, this is like a pat on the back. Thank you to Art Boozer. Art doesn't listen to the podcast, but Art saw my my article in the ABCA Inside Pitch magazine. I saw him at Dutch Fork on Saturday. He came over to me and said, man, Coach, I read your uh, article, and I want you to come on the main stage and talk for us at our Greenville um, South Carolina Baseball Coaches Clinic in July. So I'm going to get my first speaking uh, engagement in July. So it's always an honor. I went to the clinic in December down at Myrtle Beach. And um, it was awesome kind of watching those guys stand up there and talk for 45 minutes about various, various things. It, the, the talk that uh, Andy Hallett, Coach Andy Hallett gave was life-changing for me as far as running a program goes. And, and kind of when you, when you see those guys get up on stage of those things and you hear them talk and, and all that stuff, you realize why they've been successful. Um, you can see the blueprint that they've had and they've executed year over year over year. I mean, that dude's been at the same school for, I think it's almost 30 years. You kind of like coach Gray. Coach Gray's been at South for 30 plus years as a coach. And, um, you know, they have a blueprint. They know what works. And if kids and parents buy into it, they can do things that have never been done. Um, so my point was like, having an opportunity as a young coach to see guys that you look up to stand up on that stage and talk and then be asked at 33 years old to go stand up on that same stage and talk to a bunch of coaches in our state. It's a tremendous, tremendous honor. And um, so I'm looking forward to doing that in July. And it's the last thing I'll say about that. Like, you know, doing stuff like this, you got to be, you get really vulnerable, man. Like you get on here and you, like, I've been running my mouth for 57 minutes and 46 seconds. And I've said some things that somebody's going to be mad about it. Somebody's going to be pissed that I said what I said about that. You know, they, if they would play this way or if they would get together as a team or, you know, this coach is a great coach and somebody disagrees with like, what we kind of are in that, that country where like, we're super soft about everything and, you know, everybody used to feeling hurt. So as a coach, it makes it, you know, it's hard. Like I get on this thing and I'm vulnerable for anywhere from 45 to, to 60 minutes every time I talk and I put articles on coachhyman.com and, you know, text can be misinterpreted and stuff like that. But like, if you don't do it as a coach, like you're selling yourself short because, um, I know what I'm all about. Like, I know that I'm a really good coach. I know that I'm a really good developer of young men. Our kids know that. Like, I love those kids like I love my own kids. I love our coaches, right? Um, but my point is, like, on our coaching staff alone, we've got a bunch of dudes who are great coaches. You know, dudes that, like, if you could hear from them, like, You'd be like, wow, I'm really impressed with those guys. And the things that they think and the things that they say in private, the things that coaches all over think and say in private, like you could have an impact on people in the world if you just be vulnerable and be willing to take some chances and say, you know what, man, like I don't care who gets upset about it. Like I'm going to say these things because these things need to be said. And like, I don't know who's going to listen. I don't know who's going to touch. I don't know if it's 10 people I'm talking to, or if it's 5,000 people I'm talking to, if it's all people in Florence or people in Myrtle beach or people in Fountain Inn or due West or California. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have an idea because of the analytics that we have, but truly, you know, I don't know. But my point is be vulnerable. I mean, I've said this a hundred times, like, 
one of the and, and I truly mean this. Like people say, like, well, that's lip service, man. Nah, like this is this is real stuff. Um I say this at least once on every podcast. Like, my job as a coach, because of the things that I've been through in my life, the ups and downs, the the challenges, the the moments where I was at rock bottom, my journey back to where I'm at now, like I've got a unique life experiences that I can share with young men that can help them not make the same mistakes that I made. Or if they do end up making those mistakes, it's like, at least I, I gave them an opportunity to know that like, this is part of the equation if you don't do things this way. Right. So part of that is like, Hey, you're trying to leave the world better than you found it. Right. And things like these podcasts and, and I've covered a bunch of different topics over these, I think this is episode 26 or so covered a ton of different topics, like everything from, you know, how to deal with the spotlight to, you know, how to overcome adversity and, you know, how to be a better base runner, how to play better defense. I mean, whatever, X's and O's stuff and then life stuff. But as a coach, like you, we have that unique opportunity to, to make an impact in the world. And my only challenge is to like, you know, people out there and we like I said we've got great coaches in this area um there's probably some that listen to listen to this or i've heard about this by and they probably laugh at like man what a freaking clown dude just an assistant coach somewhere like you know whatever but do it man like let the world know what you're thinking get on twitter put your thoughts out there um hop on a podcast i'd I'd love to have more people join me on this podcast. I got a list full of people I've got to interview. You know, Patrick Mincy, you're you're coming up, dude. I got your message on Facebook today. Like, he's a dude I want to get him on here because, like, he's got professional baseball experience and, you know, coaches a, just a world-class travel organization. And, you know, he really does what, like, I would want to do. Like, if I was not a pharmaceutical rep and trying to be a baseball coach and all these other things, like, I'd, you know, build a facility and – give instructions and do a, you know, run, run an organization, all that other stuff. But I mean, he's living the dream, man, him and his wife, but I want to get more coaches on here, but I'm just challenging. If you're coaching, you're listening to this, I'm challenging you, man. Like anchor podcast, do video, do YouTube studio, like do that stuff, man. Just talk about some topics for 15 minutes, start 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour long. Talk for 30 minutes. Uh, write some articles. It's real easy. Um, but start using your platform to like let dudes know what you're all about. Um, you never know what kind of doors it's going to open. You never know who you can impact with it. You never know who's going to listen to you like or read something like Art Boozer did and say, dude, I read that and that was phenomenal. Will you please come speak at our convention like that? I mean, that's huge. like that's going to be an all time top. 10 moment for me from a, from a coaching standpoint, um, getting to go talk on a stage in front of a bunch of dudes I've looked up to for the last six years of my life. And I get to pick the topic. I don't know what I'm talking on yet, but you know, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Um, but I, my point, I guess my point of all that is like that never would have happened if I wouldn't have had the courage to write that first article. And it's courage because when you get vulnerable like that and you throw all your stuff out there for the whole world to see, some people are going to like it. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to criticize it. Some people are going to critique it. Uh, some people are going to think you're full of shit. Some people are going to say, dude, that dude's genuine. I mean, that's just the way it is. But it requires all those people for you to like kind of tweak it and figure out, okay, like, I need that criticism from certain people, you know, whatever, or man, it was great to hear that that impacted that person in this way or what, like you need all those things. But the point is like people took the time to read it. People take the time to listen to me every week. People take time to watch our videos. People take time to like our Twitter posts. People take time to, um, you know, stop me in a store and say, dude, I've been listening to your podcast, man. Like, thanks for sharing that. Like that was really insightful for me, man. My kids listen to that. I mean, I had a mom tell, she's like, yeah, me and my daughter listen to this every morning. It's like, damn, dude, it's a baseball podcast. Like, you and your daughter listen to this? That's awesome. Um, but anyways, I've been rambling. I apologize. But coaches, use your platform, man. We got so many good coaches in this area. The PD, um, a ton of them. 
and I just think our wor- our world in this area would be a better place if we started putting our stuff out there a little more often. So that's my challenge. You don't have to take it. Coach Apicella, I'm talking to you, man. The world needs to hear about base running. The world needs to hear about how you build those dudes up down there because you're, uh, you're one of the best, brother. I mean that. Um, so anyways, that's all I got. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. Reach out. Uh, if you want to be on the show, reach out. I got a list full of people I got to get to, but I would love to uh, love to bring anybody on for a Q&A or just a, you know, two-person panel where we can talk about different topics or whatever. Um, Bowie Olson, I'm coming for you, brother. Need to hook that uh, podcast mic up again and we'll, uh, we'll pod, we'll go, uh, we'll go podfather on this thing. But um, that's all I got. Uh, thank you again to everybody who continues to like, listen, subscribe, comment, send questions in and everything else. Couldn't do it without you. Um, please continue to send your, send your feedback in. Please continue to listen. And again, the number one thing you can do for us, uh, if you hear something you like, share with a friend. So uh, remember, our job's to leave this world better than we found it. And this is my avenue for doing this outside of coaching those young men that I get the pleasure and opportunity to coach every single day. So uh, until next time, be cool. And go Bruins. See ya.